0: Right. well, good to see you this morning. We have had this topic planned for many, many months, actually planned this series back in November, and it sure seems that serving our community uh, really fits where we are today. And uh, so if there's ever a time when our community needs the peace that passes understanding, it is now, and uh, they need the hope that is found only in Jesus, Uh, we have some incredible opportunities before us to influence people with the promise of life that's found in Christ. You know, every person on earth has an appointment with physical death, Uh, whether it's by a car accident or heart failure or cancer or a virus, but you don't have to ever face spiritual death. You can place your faith in Jesus for eternal life. And and so, that's the message that we are bringing. Now, next week, uh, I know it's friend day and we've been talking about it. Uh, Lord willing, we're going to be able to have services. um, And it's still okay to invite your friends. In fact, uh, if you want right now, take out your phone and snap a pic of the bulletin insert and send it to a friend or send them a text. And if you use your phone for a minute to do that, I will pretend I don't see that you're playing with your phone in church. Um, So you could send that out right now. Uh, I know many of your friends, though, are going to be concerned or they're worried. And uh, and so let's offer comfort uh, by having people come together and share truth next Sunday. And even if we practice uh, social distancing, we know that God does not keep his distance. He's near to every one of us. Uh, Another way that you can be a friend, though, this week... Uh, Maybe your friend wouldn't come to church just because of the fear that's out there. Uh, But you could be a friend to them in another way. And I saw this, uh, they're doing this in England. I just saw it this morning. And uh, Amy whipped one up and we've got it out in the lobby. Um, And this is just a little thing for you to use with your neighbors. Or if you're here today and uh, you would like to be a part of this and have somebody help you, uh, just fill this stuff out. But, But you could put your... Uh, fill out your name part, your address, your phone number, and uh, then just go pass it out to your neighbors, Uh, especially the ones where you know that they may be a little bit more uh, elderly or they may have had some type of physical ailment recently. And uh, these are ways that we can befriend and we can help other people. So we have a bunch of those uh, out on the table in the lobby, and you can get those as you go out today. Well, we're headed to Exodus chapter 35 this morning, Exodus 35, and we're going to see an extraordinary time in history when the fledgling nation of Israel uh, modeled what it looks like to serve God's purposes by serving in community. And so Exodus 35, and we have a, a little bit longer passage today that we're reading Uh, because I want you to really grab the context in your mind of what's taking place. We're at Exodus 35, and we're going to start at verse number 20. And all the congregation of the children of Israel departed from the presence of Moses. And they came, everyone whose heart stirred him up, and everyone whom his spirit made willing. And they brought the Lord's sacrifice, or the Lord's offering, sorry, to the work of the tabernacle of the congregation. And for all his service... And for the holy garments. And they came, both men and women, as many as were willing hearted, and brought bracelets and earrings and rings and tablets, all jewels of gold. Now, just for those of you who are reading this, the tablets were not iPads. Okay, the tablets were not electronic, they were gold tablets. Uh, And all jewels of gold, every man that offered, offered an offering of gold unto the Lord. And every man with whom was found blue and purple and scarlet and fine linen and goat's hair and red skin of rams and badger skins brought them. Everyone that did offer an offering of silver and brass brought the Lord's offering. And every man with whom was found Shittim wood for any work of the service brought in. And all the women that were wise hearted did spin with their hands and brought that which they had spun both of blue and of purple and of scarlet and of fine linen." And all the women whose hearts stirred them up in wisdom spun goat's hair. And the rulers brought onyx stones and stones to be set for the ephod, for the breastplate, the spice and oil for the light, for the anointing oil, and for the sweet incense. The children of Israel brought a willing offering unto the Lord, every man and woman whose heart made them willing to bring for all manner of work, which the Lord had commanded to be made by the hand of Moses. And Moses said unto the children of Israel... See, the Lord hath called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur of the tribe of Judah, and he hath filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom and understanding and knowledge and in all manner of workmanship, and to devise curious works, to work in gold and in silver and in brass, and the cutting of stones to set them, and carving of wood to make any manner of cunning work. And he hath put in his heart that he may teach both he and Aholiab, the son of Ahizamak of the tribe of Dan. Them hath he filled with wisdom of heart to work all manner of work of the engraver and of the cunning workman and the embroiderer in blue and in purple and scarlet and fine linen and of the weaver, even of them that do any work and of those that devise cunning work. Now, I know we read a long passage here, but you have to remember that when this history took place, Israel did not have a permanent home. They were crossing a wilderness on the way from Egypt to the Promised Land, and their community was mobile. And yet God had instructed them to build a mobile place of worship, to construct a tabernacle. And they all lived in tents that they carried on their backs, Right? And they didn't even, uh, most of them had no beasts of burden. And yet they're carrying these tents with them wherever they go. Uh, There were no storage units, okay? Uh, You carried what you own with you to the next campsite. And uh, you can see all these things they're carrying with them. Like, you know what? Uh, We probably should take some badger skins with us as we're headed on this journey. So they're carrying badger skins. Some of the guys are carrying acacia wood with them. How many of you go out camping and you're like, you know what? Uh, Now, first of all, how many when you go camping, uh, you know somebody who always brings too much stuff to go camping, all right? Now, how many of you know somebody who doesn't bring enough stuff, like they're mountain man, like once we get out there, we'll build a cabin, right? We'll... Once we get, I've got my knife here, you know, I've got uh, my Leatherman, and once we get out there, I'll kill a bear, and we'll skin him, and we'll make some clothes, and I know how to boil the dandelions, and uh, so we got both types here. But these people uh, lived in tents, they carried what they owned to the next campsite, and yet, this is so fascinating, God was going to use this traveling community to construct a tabernacle out of the goods they carried on their backs. Out of goods he had already provided for them. And so let's look at how it happened as we go through this this morning. The notes are provided on the Version app or in your bulletin. And if you're following along on the pad- podcast, you can look on the YouVersion app. Now let's talk first about this. Community expands through willing hearts community expands through willing hearts. Go back up to verse number 21. It says, And they came, everyone whose heart stirred him up, everyone whom his spirit made willing. Uh, Verse 22, They came, both men and women, as many as were willing-hearted. And so it starts with a willing heart. God asked the people of Israel to offer from the stuff he had already provided for them to bring, and and so that the construction of the tabernacle could begin. And those who had willing hearts started bringing stuff. Now, let's just look again at what they started bringing. Okay, they were bringing bracelets, uh, earrings, rings, tablets. All of those were jewels of gold. They were bringing blue, purple, and scarlet. That's the nicest Clothing, the nicest linens, uh, and then goat's hair, red skins around, badger skins, silver, brass, they're bringing all this stuff. Now, here's my question Where did the campers get all this stuff? Where did they get this stuff? And I'm glad you asked. And, and by the way, uh, you're very smart for asking this question, okay? And I want to tell you, you're nearly as smart as the last crowd I spoke to. Uh, but it's, it's close. It's, it's a close race. Uh, these people had recently been slaves in Egypt. Right? They had been slaves in Egypt. Now, how many slaves do you think had a whole lot of fine gold and fine linens lying around? Okay, not many. Uh, so let's look at where they got the stuff. And I want you to go back to Exodus 12. And it's really fascinating how God did this. And uh, it shows us the model of how God does this uh, in our lives. So Exodus chapter 12, set this up for you. The 10th plague on Egypt was taking place. The firstborn from every family, from the throne to the dungeon, was dead. Uh, There wasn't an Egyptian household without somebody dead. Pharaoh and all the Egyptians sent word to Moses and Aaron in the middle of the night Said, "That's it. We're done. We're, we don't want to fight your God anymore. Get out of here. Take your families, take your flocks, take your herds. Leave and don't come back. No mo. No mo. No mo. And, and so, that's look at what happened. So, verse thirty-three, and the Egyptians were urgent upon the people that they might send them out of the land in haste." For they said, we be all dead men. And the people took their dough before it was leavened. Can you imagine this, right? Take your dough before it's even leavened. And and their kneading troughs being bound up in their clothes upon their shoulders. And the children of Israel did according to the word of Moses, and they borrowed of the Egyptians, they borrowed of the Egyptians, jewels of silver and jewels of gold and raiment. And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, so that they lent unto them such things as they required, and they spoiled the Egyptians. They spoiled them. Not like when you spoil a kid by giving them ice cream, spoiled by like they took all their stuff, right? They borrowed all their gold and silver, They're like, yeah, you know, that's a nice badger skin. I'll have that. Uh, you know what, I'll take some of that purple and that fine linen, and they're just like, take it. Just leave. Go away. Take whatever you want. Just get out of the country tonight. Go. And so God provides all of the materials necessary for the tabernacle well before he ever asks them to bring materials for the tabernacle. Right, You know, if they hadn't spoiled the Egyptians, you know what they would have had to offer to the tabernacle? Nothing. They didn't have anything. They were slaves, right? They spent their day building bricks for the pyramids. They spent their day trying to make bricks and no longer the way they used to make them because there's no straw provided for them anymore. Now they had to go and gather all the stubble from the countryside and from the fields to try to make a brick. They had nothing. They were the poorest people you could ever imagine. And now they have come with all of this stuff and they're going to bring it back to God. And this is exactly how God works. He offers provisions for us. Now sometimes he does it in usual ways. Sometimes he does it in very unusual ways. And we offer it back to him through willing hearts. Willing acts of worship toward God. And we'll never be able to serve God or serve our community without willing hearts. That's where it starts. But then we see this. Community extends through wise hearts. So it starts with willing hearts, but then it extends Through wise hearts. And I want you to go back to Exodus 35, where we started. And uh, let's notice what happened here. Verse 25. And all the women that were wise-hearted did spin with their hands and brought that which they had spun. Look at verse 26. And all the women whose hearts stirred them up in wisdom spun goats' hair. Now, ladies, if you're looking for a life verse. That one may be a good one. (laughs) That's a great verse, isn't it? It's like, I'm looking for a verse from my life. Well, check this one. I'd read it again. And all the women whose hearts stirred them up in wisdom spun goat's hair. It's a great verse. (laughs) It's awesome, isn't it? Uh, How many of you ladies have ever spun goat's hair? What? (laughs) I mean, what is going on in our society that we don't have this anymore? Uh, But anyway, they've got this going And beyond the resources that the people could bring, there was also knowledge and experience that could be offered. Knowledge and experience that could be offered for the community to move forward in God's will. Some of these women in the congregation had gained experience and knowledge about spinning. Now, when you say that in America, you know what people think of? They think of riding a bike, like all these women are great at spinning. they go, oh yeah, down at the bike uh, bar—don't they call it a bike bar now? Uh, a cycle bar, <laughs> cycle bar. Um, they're down, yeah, they're down at the spikele, cycle bar spinning. Um, whatever, just happened. But but they're spinning goats here. And, uh, and how did they get this knowledge and experience to, to make all these fine garments and these carpets and these linens and these curtains, how'd they do it? Well, because these women had been forced to do it for the Egyptians ever since they were little girls. Uh, their whole adolescence, they had been taught by the women above them how to make all these things for the Egyptians, And now God is going to use their experience, their knowledge, their education so that they can serve the community. That's what God does for us. Now, there are things that you do not have a natural ability for, but you do have experience in it or you do have some knowledge in it. Somebody has taught you what it is. Now, I know what a carburetor is, but if I ever touch one, it literally will never, the car will never run again, right? If I even touch it. If I get close to anything with a tool, it runs away, right? I once installed uh, at our house, we lived in Meridian, I installed a, a little water filter for the refrigerator. I had to go to Home Depot four times in one day uh, because I couldn't get the right part for the, the end of the water filter. Uh, I am totally inept when it comes to mechanical stuff. And yet, if I have to do anything mechanical, I can do it. Uh, if, if it gets to crunch top, I can do it. Now, why? Uh, because I've got some knowledge and experience. I don't have any natural ability in it. I don't have any gifting in it. If you hand me a router and to have me go on a piece of wood with it, it's going to look like, you know, somebody drew a, a painting with stick figures, uh, and uh, by the way, don't ever play Pictionary. If you ever play Pictionary, don't pick me. Okay, just saying. I'm not an artist. Now, one time we were playing Pictionary, and uh, I, I had something where I had to draw horses. And so I'm drawing on my team, and like, you know, I'm drawing it. Come on, guys, good grief. This is horses. What are you, you know, I'm saying this in my head. And my wife goes, Is it a frog? Like, no, it's not a frog. The timer goes off. And I was bitter. It's like, this is a horse, people. What in the world are you thinking? And everybody just starts laughing at me. Uh, Do you think that could probably wound somebody in their spirit? Uh, Isn't it coming out a little bit that this happened to me, that somebody treated me that way? Uh, But we have things where we can do it because we have knowledge and experience, even if we don't have natural ability. And maybe you can read a tape measure, okay? Some people can, I promise. Uh, Maybe you can turn a screwdriver. Maybe you can use a broom like nobody's business. Uh, There are kids in America who've never used a broom before, right? Except when they did the experiment to see if it stands up. Have you seen that? Where it stands up on its bristles because of the earth's Uh, rotation or whatever, and maybe you can crochet a blanket or sew a pattern or bake an amazing pie. Your experience and your education should never be separated from God's kingdom purpose for your life. They should always be attached to finding how God wants you to serve Uh, because your experiences are actually one of the ways God will define your ministry especially your difficult experiences, especially the trials you faced. When it comes to community, I love what it says in 2 Corinthians 1. God wants us to comfort people in trouble through the comfort he has given us in the past. We comfort others by the comfort wherewith he has comforted us is what the verse says. And so your experiences, good, bad, and ugly, can all be used to serve the community. And sometimes you've gone through something that's horrific and now God's going to use it for his glory. And all these women who had brought all this stuff to make for the tabernacle and now they're spending and they're rejoicing and they're so excited because they get to use this experience that they've gained now on something for God not for one of their Egyptian masters. I love to see our small groups use the experiences that they collectively hold to reach out and serve others. Uh, one of our groups has some people with experience in things like irrigation and excavators, and, and uh, they're actually working, if the ground dries up enough, they're replacing a, a pipe uh, back that way about three, four hundred yards. And uh, it is a pipe that's been there like 70 years. It was marked, I think, 1948 or 49. And uh, it supplies irrigation water to this entire neighborhood. And uh, yeah, the church's grounds and things too. But they're, they're replacing that pipe for everybody. Uh, another group has been serving through helping with yard work for people who can't do as much manual labor anymore. Uh, another group is helping with foster care clothing uh, because that's an experience God has placed in their midst. And uh, I like to highlight... Uh, one of our special support groups that is totally about serving the community through experiences. Uh, It's called the Addictive Behaviors Class. And Mark Keeney leads this group. Mark's actually here today. Mark, wave wave at us back there. Big tall guy in the back right there. And uh, they meet here at the church uh, on Tuesday nights at 7. And it is a special support and outreach. And if you or somebody you know is facing some struggles... Uh, We have these groups here to support you through the experiences and through the knowledge God has given them. That's what Christian community is all about. God uses the knowledge and the experience that we have in all areas of our lives to be useful to his kingdom purposes. Now, let's look at this next part because it, it goes beyond our knowledge and experiences. A community is equipped with skilled hands, okay? So there are some things that we gain through knowledge and experience, but there are some things that are given to us by God at birth, okay, our natural abilities. There are other things that are given to us by God at spiritual birth, at the point of salvation. They're called spiritual gifts. And if you look again at verse number 30. Moses said to the children of Israel, see, the Lord hath called by name Bezalel, and God is filled in with the spirit of, of wisdom and understanding and knowledge in all manner of workmanship. And Bezalel and this guy holyab, they had special abilities that God had placed on them before they were ever born. The Holy Spirit had filled them with skills, and now their God-given gifts could be willingly used for God's community purposes. Now, you think about what was happening here. Uh, People had spun rugs before. They'd spun curtains before. They'd made garments before, but nobody had ever made the Ark of the Covenant before, right? This was the only one that was ever going to be made Nobody had ever crafted the intricate details that this tabernacle would require, and and so God gave Moses the instructions, and uh, God used the workmen that he had so wonderfully prepared. Many years before Israel ever set foot in the wilderness, God had prepared these men, and God is still working through skilled craftsmen, some that have natural abilities, that have been clear since they were toddlers. Uh, Others show forth the incredible gifting that comes only through the Holy Spirit when a person becomes a child of God. In in New Testament times, uh, some of these gifts were things like prophecy and and ministry, teaching, uh, exhortation, giving, ruling, mercy, words of knowledge and wisdom, faith, healing, miracles, uh, discerning of spirits, speaking in languages they'd never learn, understanding languages that they never studied. And believers today still have spiritual gifts that are used for the glory of God and the purpose of showing forth who Jesus is. These gifts that God gives, uh, they don't just work in the congregation, they help improve the entire community. And our communities need people to recognize and use their God-given abilities. Do you know, there are many people in Caldwell and and in the county here, hundreds of them, who are not Christ followers. And yet, they're making the community better because they're using their natural abilities. And that's a wonderful thing. Now, we want them to become Christ followers. As Christ followers we can use our natural abilities and we can use our spiritual abilities to improve the community. Bezaleel and Aholiab were called out by God. <coughs> Excuse me. Moses had been up on Mount Sinai and he'd received the instructions for the tabernacle. But, you know, Moses uh, grew up in a palace. Yeah, Moses didn't have much knowledge and skill about this after he left the palace at 40 years old he went and was a shepherd for 40 years and so now God says okay I want you to make this Ark of the Covenant and it's going to be two and a half cubits this way and it's going to be a cubit and a half this way and it's going to be overlaid with gold and then I want you to craft some cherubims on it and their wings are going to spread so many cubits apart and Moses is like hold up there I have no idea what you're talking about. I don't know how to make any of this stuff. And God says, Moses, I got this. I created the guys for this before it was ever on your radar. Back when you were out watching sheep in the wilderness, I prepared these men before their parents prepared for them, even if their parents didn't. I prepared them to be used by me, and all good and perfect gifts come from God, even the gifts that people use to defy and circumvent God, things like logic, artistry, communication skills. And these guys, Bezalel and Aholio, they weren't just prepared by God to do these amazing works, It says down later uh, in verses 34 and 35 that they were also prepared by God to teach these skills to other people. See, they would partner together to expand the skill level of the entire community. Remember this, if God has given you an ability or a gift, he doesn't ever call you just to use it for yourself. He calls you to use it to involve others in his kingdom purposes. Peter said it this way, as every man has received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Our gifts aren't given to us to meet the needs of one, yourself. They're given to us to meet the needs of one another, and that's serving the community. Now, after these past few days, past 72, 96 hours here in our country and around the world, it appears that we as believers have some incredible opportunities to use our gifts in the community in these next days. Once you have a willing heart, you can use your education, your experiences, your abilities your spiritual gifts to comfort and bless the community. And that's what we need to be doing right now. Now, I want to see what happened with this in chapter 36 because uh, God did some amazing things in this, and I want you to see the concluding part of it. So community exhibits God's miraculous handiwork. Community exhibits God's miraculous handiwork. All right, chapter 36, then wrought Bezalel and Aholiab and every wise-hearted man in whom the Lord put wisdom and understanding to know how to work all manner of work for the service of the sanctuary according to all that the Lord had commanded. And Moses called Bezalel and Aholiab and every wise-hearted man in whose heart the Lord had put wisdom, even every one whose heart stirred him up to come into the work to do it. And they received of Moses all the offering which the children of Israel had brought for the work of the service of the sanctuary to make it withal. And they brought yet unto him free offerings every morning. And all the wise men that wrought all the work of the sanctuary came every man from his work which they made. And they spake unto Moses saying, and look what they said, this is so huge, the people bring much more than enough for the service of the work. Which the Lord commanded to make. And Moses gave commandment, and they caused it to be proclaimed throughout the camp, saying, Let neither man nor woman make any more work for the offering of the sanctuary. So the people were restrained from bringing, for the stuff they had was sufficient for all the work to make it, and too much. <laughs> this is incredible. When everyone who was willing and skilled got involved, there was more than enough to meet the need. The stuff they had was sufficient. Now, how often does this ever happen? Have you ever heard of a charity that said, "Hey, stop bringing us donations"? Right? You heard a church that said, "You know what? We can't take any more offerings. We have too much." You ever heard of a government that said, you know what, we don't need this much money to operate. Keep more of your money. That's what happened here. There was more than enough. And when we do community in God's way, there's always more than enough resources. There's always more than enough knowledge, more than enough experience, more than enough abilities, more than enough gifts. The stuff we have is sufficient. To live out God's kingdom purposes. And sometimes when we're asking for more, we are living under the realization that we already have enough. We have sufficient because we have a sufficient God. You know what holds most of us back? We don't have the first thing the willing heart. We got the resources, we got the skills, we got the abilities. But we don't have willing hearts. And if we don't have willing hearts, all the things God has given us never get attached to God's kingdom purposes. And when we stand before God someday in the judgment seat of Christ, we are going to mourn as believers because we have wasted so much that God has given us. We've wasted so much time, so many resources so much energy on things that don't matter. And we aren't willing to step toward God's kingdom purposes. Right now in this body of believers, we have resources, abilities, knowledge, experience, gifts. And God can use us to serve our community with what he's already provided for us to use if we have willing hearts. I want to give you today's faith challenge, and then I'm going to expand on it a little bit. Everyone has a God-given resource and a God-given skill to show his glory in the community. Everyone does. Everybody's got a God-given resource and a God-given skill. When we look at community, the community at large, it is easy for us to get overwhelmed because no single one of us can help everybody. We can. It's impossible physically. And there are a lot of people to help right now. But here's the thing. Every single one of us can help somebody. Now, one of my favorite sayings of all time, I'm going to give it to you. If you've never heard it, you should write it down. It's so good. Do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. Do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. Here's wh- the way most human beings think, and this happened to you ever since, th- since grade school. You remember your third grade teacher had a sucker on her desk? You're like, teacher, could I have your sucker? And she said, little Jack, sorry, Jack. And She's like, little Jack, here's the thing. If I give one to you, I have to give one to everybody. I'm like, no, you don't. You just <laughs> give it to me, right? And this makes total logical sense. But as we grow, here's what we think. I don't have the resources to help everybody, so I'll help nobody. And that's not the way God wants us to plan. He wants us to do for one what we wish we could do for everyone. No, you can't provide groceries for every person in your neighborhood during this coronavirus episode. But you could provide groceries for someone, right? You can't do yard work for everybody, but you could do it for somebody. You can't take care of all foster children in the state of Idaho, but you could take care of one if God lays it on your heart. By the way, we'll have a, a newly committed foster mom out in the lobby today to give you information on fostering if God touches your heart. Uh, maybe you can't foster a child right now, but you could provide clothing for foster children. You could uh, donate, especially they have uh, needs for teens and juniors right now. And we have a group that's heading up a clothing drive just for that purpose and it'd be in the lobby today. Uh, look, you can't disciple everybody who gets saved, but you can disciple someone. You can't evangelize the entire community, but you could talk to one person You can't support all missionaries, but you could support some. You can't give to all the children that Compassion International serves, but you could give to care for one child. Here's the point. We all have resources and skills that we can use to serve somebody other than ourselves. And when we do, the whole community is helped. Most of all, God is glorified that's what God wants from us as we serve with community he wants us to take all these things he's given us and attach it to his kingdom that it's so incredible how we do that now I know that these last few days have been crazy uh, and if you are on any social media or if you watch the news at all they're probably been especially, especially crazy if you have no social media and you haven't turned your TV on since say Wednesday, uh, you may not have heard that there are a few things going on right now uh, in the community related to this uh, coronavirus that has been around, that came from Wuhan, China uh, a couple of months ago, two or three months ago. And uh, sometimes, uh, I would imagine some of you are like me, maybe just a hair cynical. And uh, my wife asked me last night, she said on a scale of one to 10, uh, how cynical do you think you are? And I said, oh, maybe three. Or what would you say? She said, I was thinking seven. <laughs> like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and there is a little bit of a boy who cried wolf feeling in what's happening right now. Because every hurricane is the largest, most powerful on record, and millions of people will be in its path and they should leave their houses right now. And uh, every storm is going to be a polar vortex that could freeze out most of North America and bury them under 17 feet of snow. Uh, And uh, there's this earthquake, and this volcano, and this conspiracy, and this condition, and and, uh, This uh, scandal and this circumstance, and this is the biggest scandal since the one last week. And and every single thing is an emergency. And when every single thing is an emergency, there are no longer emergencies. But then there's the day when the wolf actually shows up. The wolf actually shows up. The kid's been out there every day hey, there's a wolf! And now nobody will listen because the wolf's actually here. And that's where we are right now. We have churches in Idaho, and it's about 50-50 as today, on this Sunday, whether or not to meet or just do internet services. Obviously, there's no right or wrong way to do it. There's different denominations, church sizes, demographics, facilities, online platforms, we're we're not here to say anybody's ways right or wrong. We all care about each other. We all care about our church families. We all care about our friends and neighbors. And I don't know what next Sunday is gonna look like. Uh, I don't think any of us do. But here's how I decided about today. Over these last 72 hours or so, I still saw people out and about, still going to work, still going to restaurants. Standing in long lines at stores, claiming way too much toilet paper for themselves. Um, And and my thought was this. If people are going to be out anyway, what could be more important than connecting corporately to worship God and to pray with each other and to support each other at church? Because really... This is the only thing we have, corporately right now, that guides us in eternal values. Everything else guides us in temporal values, right? And so you get the Facebook message, they have, they have toilet paper at the Albertsons down on the boulevard. You know, uh, every can of soup in this store is gone. We're just going here and there on all this temporal stuff. And God wants us to think about the eternal right now. See, God always brings a crisis into the hearts of people so that we can use it for his glory and his benefit. The president has proclaimed today as a national day of prayer. And he said when he proclaimed it, he said, God is the only one who can help us. That's true every day of every year, in every era, with all people. If you think that you're helping yourself, you're living under an illusion. And if you think you can control outcomes of what's going to happen in your life, you're living under an illusion. And, uh, And so today, I know we can't join hands this Sunday morning, unless it's somebody in your own family who you already got all their germs anyway. But, but we could certainly join hearts. And we're gonna have a commitment prayer to close our service today. God, as we come to you this morning, you know that the unknown is what scares us as human beings the most. And, and in this country where we've been blessed to live, in a place where we have very few real fears, And I know there are people in our community who are scared about what will happen next. And we need you more than ever. Help us to approach our community with a how can I serve you attitude. Give our leaders wisdom at every level. We pray for our federal leaders, be with our president and vice president. We pray for our state officials as they make very difficult decisions. Here at our county and city, be with the uh, officials and the leaders in the private sector, at, at labs and at clinics and at hospitals. We're trying to expedite ways to help. I pray that you would give all of them the resources that they need. Uphold our families, our coworkers, our neighbors. As the Old Testament king said, "We rest in you." And in your name we go. And we pray that you would help us to reclaim our hunger for your word. We are a society that thirsts and hungers after so many things and we've lost our hunger for you. Help us to reclaim real community. For too long, we've been buried in our phones. We've had our eyes stuck on television from morning to late at night. We've lost sight of you. We've lost sight of eternal values. Lord, I need you. We need you. Help us to serve our community like Jesus would in these days. And we'll thank you for it all. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. As you go out today...